Hello, welcome to the For Love of Film podcast. I am your host, Scott David Chase. Uh, this week, I saw the movies uh, Bad Samaritan, Gemini, and Tully. Uh, before I get into that, uh, my I, I did this couple couple weeks ago, uh, but there was a new album that came out uh, yesterday, uh, today being Saturday, Cinco de Mayo. Um, it came out uh, May 4th. Uh, it's uh, Be More Kind, the eighth album by British singer-songwriter Frank Turner, and it's fantastic. Um, I've been a Frank Turner fan for, you know, about six or seven years now. Uh, I was first introduced to him on, I think it was his third album, and uh, he he plays primarily acoustic rock, but there are there are times where he deviates and goes electric. A lot of his stuff is, you know, just voice and acoustic guitar. Um, he does have a touring band now. And uh, this album is uh, some of his most sparse acoustic stuff and also some of his most, you know, lush instrumentation um, arrangements so far. Um, but the songwriting is really good. I, I was concerned he, he, he put out an album a couple years ago called Tape Deck Heart, which... Um, just didn't connect with me, and uh, I was kind of worried that, you know, um, when he signed to a major label, because he's now on Interscope Records in the United States, after having previously been on Epitaph Records, a punk rock label um, in the United States, uh, I was worried that, you know, signing to a major label, uh, um, uh, he was sort of vying for more commercial audience and was toning down some of some of the, the quirkiness of his songwriting that made him so unique but uh it seems like with this record he's back on track and i really really enjoyed it so i would highly recommend uh be more kind um yeah so getting into the films i saw this week uh it was interesting because earlier in this week Earlier in the week, I, I saw um, a film that I really enjoyed, and I is definitely in the top three films I've seen so far this year, and I'll get into that later in the episode. But then, <laughs> last night, I saw Bad Samaritan, which um, I can say unequivocally was probably, if not the worst, one of the worst films I've seen so far this year. It was the 51st film... 51st cinematic uh, outing I've gone to in 2018, and uh, yeah, it was uh, it's horrible. Um, I can say, and I'm sure this is going to aggravate some people, but just based on this and on the, uh, the remake of Fright Night from several years ago that came out, um, that I think David Tennant is a terrible actor. Uh, I know he's beloved for uh, you know his role on uh, Doctor Who a few years back, and I know he's in Harry Potter, but I've never seen that. I've also never seen any of the Doctor Who with him in it, uh, and I guess he's on Jessica Jones on Netflix. Haven't seen any of those, and I'm you know I'm sure he has you know great qualities, um, but. He was terrible in Fright Night, and he was abysmal in this film. Uh, this film's this film's a mess. Um, it's written and directed by Dean Devlin, who 
started as uh, a character actor, then became a screenwriter and producer, and uh, didn't become an actual film director until last year uh, with the movie Geostorm, which I didn't see. Um, it was pretty much universally panned, though. Um, and again, I don't always put... Um, I don't always put much, you know, weight on what critics across the board say, but I, I think it currently has a 13% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes, so that's a fairly good indication of how that movie did. And it's funny because it's kind of to my own detriment that I ended up seeing this film to begin with um, because I, I didn't read any of the reviews, but the day before it came out, I checked, um, you know, I looked at the Wikipedia page for uh, Bad Samaritan, and it currently, you know, at the time had like a 69% approval rating, which, you know, not amazing, but, you know, it's obviously, it's it's uh, fairly, uh, fairly decent. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'll, I'll probably enjoy it. It was funny because the day after, you know, when I checked it today, that score has already dropped to 59%. And it's because more reviews got out. Um, so, you know, I mean, I probably would have seen it anyways because I try and see three movies a week for this uh, podcast. Um, but I had seen the preview for it a couple weeks before. Uh, the basic premise is there's a young man who's a valet at a sort of upscale restaurant in Portland, Oregon. And, um, he and one of the other valets are running a robbery, uh, kind of scam where they, you know, take people, when people are dining, they take their cars, find their homes and go in, steal things from them and then bring the car back. And the people are none the wiser. And, they happen to do this to David Tennant's character, and um, when they get into the house, they discover a woman bound and gagged, uh, like a. They said, you know, like like a horse, although that's not really. It doesn't appear that way, you know. If they hadn't said anything about that, it definitely wouldn't have occurred uh, to me. There is a little prologue at the beginning of the film, which didn't make any sense. And even when they explain it later, it made very little sense where a young man is whipping a horse and then he's seen beating the horse and then shooting a woman. And, um, not a spoiler. It's, it's David Tennant's character when he's a child. He's basically, he is a trust fund, um, person who, when he was an adolescent, ended up uh, killing his tutor because he was trying to, he was trying to break a horse and because he didn't know what he was doing, he ended up killing the horse. And, uh, you know, the tutor was visibly upset. He was doing it to try and impress her and she was horrified. So he killed her and, um, thus began apparently a career as a serial killer where he kidnaps women and, and, quote unquote, corrects them, uh, which is his, you know, his own words in the film. Um, it's a, first of all, the writing is a mess. Nothing is really clear. It's, you know, <sighs> David Tennant's character, uh, goes back and forth between having a very specific pathology and then, 
Um, but then also being very good at covering up and, um, he's, he's very unpleasant to people when he encounters them. And, uh, and though, you know, the Wikipedia description, it says his character is a billionaire, which, um, he definitely doesn't live though. I mean, it, he clearly, he has some money, but, uh, I'd say if I were to have guessed, I would have said he was a millionaire. Um, uh, you know, but he, he overacts all the time, uh, in this film. It's very hammy. And I'm never, I mean, I'm never intimidated by him. I mean, David Tennant is a fairly slight man in build. Um, he looks like a skinnier version of, uh, Charlie Sheen. Uh, he's a lot of times shot in, in, in shadow and just, it kept reminding me of Charlie Sheen. Um, you know, he's never really intimidating. Uh, he has a strange relationship with the woman that is tied up in his house. And it's not clear because, you know, halfway through the film, he, he removes her from the house and then they go into the secluded barn in the woods and, uh, it doesn't make sense why he wouldn't have just had her there in the first place. There's also, you know, shots of, he has like a little dungeon where, uh, he has all sorts of apparatus to dismember a body. But then later when we see this giant grave that he pushes the woman in, all his previous victims have been buried, you know, fully intact. So it just... It, it's all these, you know, just ridiculous serial killer tropes. Uh, it's never scary. There, there's a couple moments that, you know, there's jump scares in it, but it's not, I feel that those are cheap. It's not genuinely frightening. Um, the bigger problem is, uh, the, the actor, and let me see his name, uh, Robert Sheehan, who's an Irish actor and has a, has a very, thick Irish accent. Um, but he's the, he's the protagonist. He's, he's, he's not likable at all. Um, you know, he's very, very selfish, but then also whiny. Um, I mean, he, I'm, I'm assuming he is the bad Samaritan. He's a bad Samaritan because, you know, he was a thief and that's how he discovered this woman tied up in the house. But then spends the rest of the movie trying to save her. Uh, even as David Tennant's character, who knows what he's doing, continues to destroy every aspect of his life. Um, his accent was so thick that I just assumed naturally that it was not a real accent, that it was someone doing a terrible Irish accent. And I was wrong. He is an Irish actor. And there's no real explanation as to... Because this takes place in in Oregon, I'm assuming Portland, um, but it's never explicitly said, um, it's never really explained, uh, because at some point they talk about, you know, him, the possibility of deportation. It's never explained why he is over here. Um, I mean, it's not really important, but it's also, it's, it's just a huge, okay. What's the deal with that? Um, the direction was, amateurish, which is kind of, 
unusual considering Dean Devlin has been in the movie business since the eighties. Um, his, you know, his first big break as a writer was the film Stargate, but he also worked on, uh, uh, Independence Day. He wrote the screenplay for that. He, he often worked with director Roland Emmerich before, uh, going off on his own. But, uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of fisheye lens, uh, visuals, uh, a lot of the actors staring directly at the camera and addressing the camera, not breaking the fourth wall, but, you know, just making it look like a reality show. I mean, it didn't look like an actual feature film. It looked like a made for TV movie. Um, the, the score, the, the music was very hammy and, you know, over dramatic. To and it, it was clear a lot of it was trying. It felt like it was trying to compensate, overcompensate for there being no real actual drama in the acting. So they had to try and tell the audience what you were supposed to feel. Um, it was there were several points in the movie where I wanted to get up and leave the theater, but as a general rule, I do not walk out of films. The only film I, I walked out of a Wrinkle in Time earlier this year, and I didn't want this to be another. Another movie that I walked out of, but it was tough to sit through. It is just, it's it's an awful film. Uh, there's nothing that I enjoyed about it or found redeemable. I would give it two out of ten. Uh, yeah, just garbage. Hopefully, it'll come and go pretty quickly. Uh, yeah. So the next movie that I saw, uh, uh, and. I, the, the next two movies I did enjoy, I was actually hoping this would be another week where I really liked all three films, but unfortunately, uh, Bad Samaritan prevented that from happening. But the next film that I saw, the movie called Gemini, it's technically a 2017 film, but, um, uh, it's only played in a couple places last year. So, uh, you know, I, this is, this is another film that I saw at the Luna theater, um, some of you will hear uh, our, the 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 uh, films and food episode with Bob Scammon where we talked about the documentary Love and Bananas. Uh, I I saw this after we had our burger at the Lowell Burger Company. Um, so you know I did a double double header at the Luna Theater uh, last week, uh, but this was this was an interesting kind of mystery noir film. Uh, uh, Lola Kirk, who I'd never seen before, is the protagonist and did a, did a great job. Uh, very compelling screen performance. I mean, she's on screen pretty much the entire film, possibly even the entirety of the film. Um, uh, and it's, she's the, the uh, the personal assistant of Zoe Kravitz's uh, actress uh, movie star, and you know they're they're friends as well, and um, you know they're out one night. They encounter a fan. Uh, it gets a little awkward. They um, they discuss you know Zoe Kravitz's private life. Privately, um, some stuff that's going on with her. Um, she, you know, she broke up with a 
boyfriend recently. She's secretly dating a girlfriend. She tells a movie studio she doesn't want to work on their project. And, um, you know, they have a, they have a late night drinking. And then, uh, the next morning, uh, Lola Kirk's character leaves, uh, after they talk and Zoe Kravitz's character ends up dead not soon later, uh, or not long after. And then, uh, it's kind of a mystery to try and solve what happened to her. Uh, um, you know, L- Lola Kirk's character is the primary suspect. Um, John Cho, who, um, most well-known from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle and the J.J. Abrams Star Trek reboots, uh, is the detective investigating and had a nice turn as a dramatic actor. I mean, Star Trek, he showed that he could do, uh, drama, but that's, that's, you know, like action e-drama where this is just kind of a straight drama. Um, it's, I mean, the film, and this is, this is sort of a cliche as well, but it's certainly true in this film where, uh, you know, it takes place in Los Angeles and the city really is a, a character in the film. It, it's so much of the visual is focusing on LA at night. I mean, almost all of the film is shot at night. Um, it's just bathed in shadows and neon lights reflecting off of dark surfaces and, um, I mean, it's beautifully shot. The music is fantastic as well. And, um, you know, it was a really, it was really enjoyable to watch. I liked it a lot. Uh, the screenplay was a little, you know, the story was a little thinner than I was expecting it to be, but, uh, that didn't detract from it. It wasn't until the, I mean, you get kind of involved and then when it's resolved, you're like, Oh, well, that's all they were doing. Okay. Um, but not really, uh, not really a complaint. I mean, uh, I really enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I like noir films, particularly when they're done well, and this was done very well. Um, I would give Gemini, uh, uh, a seven out of a 10. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And then, uh, finally I saw Tully a couple nights ago, which is, uh, uh, written by Diablo Cody and directed by Jason Reitman. This is their third collaboration. Um, their first being Juno and the second being Young Adult. Um, so this is a, this is the second time that they've worked together where Charlize Theron plays the lead as well. And, you know, Charlize Theron uh, plays this character, Marlo, who is a mother of two, soon to be mother of three. She's very pregnant. She's nine months pregnant. Um, and she's married to Ron Livingston and they've clearly been married for some time and they're going through, uh, I don't even want to say a rough patch in their marriage. They're just kind of going through the motions. Um, they're disconnected from each other. Usually when they go to bed at night, uh, he's playing video game. He puts his headset on and they don't really spend a whole lot of time connecting. Um, and, the two children uh, are a little bit, you know, difficult. The 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 younger of the two children that are born uh, is a boy, and he uh, has some some learning difficulties, some behavioral difficulties, which they're still not sure what's going on. 
with him and that's you know that 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 becomes a plot point in the movie um and uh so marlo's brother played by mark duplass uh uh, offers to and he he and his wife have money marlo and her husband do not um and so her brother offers to get her a night nanny for when the baby is born saying that it really helped them and um you know she resists but after the baby's born and is having difficulty for a couple of weeks, she breaks down and allows the night nanny to come and help out. And that is where the character of Tully enters. And, uh, you know, Tully is played by Mackenzie Davis, who, uh, I guess has been on some TV shows. The only other thing I've seen her in was she was in Blade Runner 2049. She, uh, played a prostitute, a replicant prostitute, and she was she was great in that, and uh, she's fantastic in this. Um, the The movie once Tully arrives, uh, which was later in the film than I expected. I you know having seen the previews, I assumed she was going to show up fairly early on in the movie, and it was probably a half an hour into you know a movie that's only about ninety five minutes long, um, maybe a little longer. Let me look at the running time: ninety six minutes. So I was close, um, but. From that point on, it's really, um, the movie is solely focused on the the friendship and the relationship between uh, Charlize Theron and Mackenzie Davis and, you know, having, you know, about 10 years between, 10 years in the age difference, uh, they kind of, you know, um, Charlize Theron's character is a little bit uh, jealous and nostalgic of the free-spiritedness of... Uh, Mackenzie Davis's character and Mackenzie Davis points out all the wonderful things about the stability of uh, Charlize Theron's married life. So, and they kind of grow and, uh, you know, teach each other. And, uh, it, I mean, it's, it's a very realistic lived in film. It, 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 it's, uh, feel, felt completely, completely accurate and it's really kind of like a love letter to adult parenting you know not not young 20 somethings having kids but you know people that are right on or just over the cusp of their 40s uh trying to get through life as parents and uh you know a lot of my friends and peers are in that place now so i've certainly seen this um and I mean, it's genuinely really funny um, and really heartwarming. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – there is a little bit of a surprise in the third act, and I'm not going to get into that because I don't want to give the movie away. Uh, and it doesn't – it wouldn't necessarily spoil it, but it's – you really should, uh, I don't know, experience this film – on your own. It's a fantastic movie. Um, I really recommend it. It's something, uh, you know, along with, um, a quiet place and, uh, annihilation. It's, I would say it's, you know, one of the best films I've seen this year, certainly in the top three. Uh, I would like to see it again. Um, yeah, I would give Tully a nine out of 10. Uh, it was great. Um, 
it's the best work that I think Diablo Cody and Jason Reitman have done together so far. And I liked Young Adult and I liked Juno. Uh, and this is this is just building on the strengths of both of those films. So if you liked either of those movies, I would highly recommend it. If you've never seen any of those movies, I would still recommend it. Um, I mean, one of the biggest things for me, because this is another tour de force performance from Charlize Theron, and I just had to keep reminding myself that this was the same woman uh, who played Furiosa in Mad Max Fury Road two years ago because they look nothing alike. You know, Charlize Theron put almost 50 pounds of weight on for this role, uh, and, um, you know, the physicality of her pregnancy and then the aftermath of the pregnancy can be felt uh, very tangibly on screen. And it was just, it's great. And uh, yeah, Um, I was, I went in expecting to like this movie just based on the pedigree of the actors and the writer and director, but I left really loving this movie. So yeah, highly recommended. So go see Tully and, uh, you know, if you can, go see Gemini if you like that sort of thing. And avoid Bad Samaritan at all costs. Um, thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you again soon.